If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And with me as always, we have our wonderful co-host, Wonderful Lou. It's not an L, but I'll take it. It's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful Lou. What a wondrous name. And <laughs> such a wonderland. <laughs> I wonder how many more episodes we're going to keep going for. Like, how many more times am I going to try to think of a nickname for you? On before the spot. I would just like, like we stop. Or is this going to be a forever thing and people are just going to start giving us suggestions because we're running out? Put your suggestions in whatever comment box you find in whatever domain you find us in. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so today we, we'll just get right into it. Honestly. All right. Um, we wanted to talk about EQ because I know that everybody listening likes to talk about technical, wants us to talk about some more technical stuff. So we wanted to talk about EQ, um, and specifically the idea of boosting, um, frequencies versus cutting frequencies, what we prefer, why we do it, and kind of like the theory behind it, right? First off, before we start, I want to ask a question to you, all you listeners right now. Um, if I do a high shelf at one kilohertz and I boost one kilohertz and above three dBs, and then I lower the volume three dBs, what have I actually done? The answer is I just cut the low end and did a low shelf from one kilohertz. That is the answer. Now, does that make sense? I want you to envision a EQ in your mind. See that shelf at 1K, boost at 1K, 3 dBs, and then you lower the entire signal 3 dBs. Now you see that you have a low shelf at 1K, 3 dBs. Mm. So uh, I wanted to go into this and start with that question because EQing is not always what you add or take away. Um, it's not always what you add. It's not always what you take away, but it's what remains, right? Yeah. So if you take away, what remains? What did you boost? If you took away, it's not just taking away. You're going to, let's say, you compensate with some volume adjustment. You're actually boosting stuff. And if you're boosting and then you lower the volume, you're actually cutting stuff. And, and within, so EQ is this wonderful, amazing tool that is ultra flexible and helps us get the tones that we want to go for and is oftentimes overused or underused. Um, and often there's really no right way to use something or use an EQ. 
Uh, it's all up to preference. There are more industry standard EQs that are used for boosting specific frequencies from different specific hardware units because they're known to have a musical sound, whatever the heck that means. Um, which again, if you're an engineer, it knows music theory. That's what that <laughs> means. The the actual piece of gear can tell you the difference between a pentatonic and a major scale. There you go. There you go. I think that's what musical means. No, I mean we've definitely had instances like that. Like I always, yeah, I love Isotope. Love love Isotope. But they their top end has never been right. I've nope. never boosted top end on any Isotope plugin and been like, dang, that's awesome. Never felt that. I actually uh, started experimenting with it when you actually brought that up. Uh, I remember when I first, uh, what was it, Ozone 9 I picked up uh, recently. Um, once I started playing with that, I, I, I found that same result. I'm like, I really don't ever touch the top end. I, I'll touch the mid-range and I'll do like the dynamic EQ on it. Like but it sounds fine, but something about it's it is just, just not, not. It's lackluster. Yeah, there we go. It's not as musical. Yeah. That's where that word fits in, right? Um, but we want to talk about EQ and boosting and cutting. And kind of the, let's start with the theory. So I don't know if we've ever talked about this. So I don't know if you can read my mind and want to say what I think I want you to say. But what is what is kind of the theory behind boosting versus cutting? Well, most people want to boost because they want to hear more of what's pleasant and less of what's not pleasant. But realistically, why not just take out what's not pleasant or what is getting in the way of the mix? You know, a lot of people say, I want to hear more of this so that it cuts through in the track. Well, what's stopping it from cutting through right now, realistically? Is it that there's a lot of mud going on in your low mids? Well, then before you boost it, why not cut a little bit of those low mids and just ride that fader up maybe like a DB and see how that feels? Or just cut that low mid and just play it again from the top and see if you heard a difference. But a lot of people like to boost just because they think it's going to make it sound better, but they forgot to take away what didn't sound good. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. When you boost, you, the point is boosting what you find pleasant within an instrument or what you want to emphasize. And when you cut, you take away what's unpleasant or what you want to de-emphasize. Um, and, uh, or what's in the way. So for anybody that's brand new to mixing and what we're talking about, I have no idea what we're talking about. An EQ or an equalizer is what you have in the car when you have your treble boost, your mid-range boost or cut, and your bass boost or cut. That is that is your equalizer, but there are a lot of parametric EQs and different types of equalizers within the audio world that are more flexible than just three generic high, low, mids, right? There's much more than that, and they can get very specific, and that's how we do those to individual tracks as engineers, as mixers, as producers to shape the tone of different sounds. For example, right now, if you're listening to my voice, um, because this is a talk show, I probably have a larger-than-life low end or the lower frequencies of my voice because that's kind of standard for radio. It kind of makes it really dark, really warm, really easy to listen to than just a shrill high voice. But in a song, in context of a song, this is way too much low end. And in a song, they're really... You want that shrill, high voice. Actually, Bruce Swedeen with Michael Jackson was really the first person to kind of do it in the modern day, which most modern pop vocals are based off of that, is cutting a lot of the low end. Um, and we can go into proximity effect and what that means in a voice, but uh, let's go back to the theory of an EQ. So boosting, you, I hear this a lot on YouTube. You probably hear this too. When you cut, cut in narrow bands. And when you boost, boost in broad bands. All right, Lou, is that correct 100% of the time? No. 
In fact, it's extremely variable, but it's all goal-minded. I always tell people, like, no matter what you're doing, have a goal in mind. That will tell you what decisions you need to make. But uh, I've had tracks where I cut with a pretty wide queue. Uh, main reason, I'm probably trying to get a certain sonic content out of that file out of the way because maybe it's blurring some of the sound. Like uh, like how you said, a lot of people take out low end and some low mids out of vocals. Uh, I found myself cutting around like 200 hertz on like some female vocals, some male vocals. I'll cut around like 180 or maybe a little less, but then I'll still use a low shelf and then still shape some of that low mid that's still there. But um, realistically, to figure out why they're trying to tell you that, I understand why they want you to go narrow and I'm sure we're going to go into it, but realistically do what sounds right like yeah. don't follow the rules to a t that there's a lot of flaws behind rules when you Baloo. follow them to a t Baloo, i don't know what sounds right well let me tell you reference my friends listen to songs that do sound right and then listen to your song and try to emulate it and don't forget people um no amount of EQ is going to save a bad performance or a bad vocalist. Dude, I saw a meme the other day on Instagram of, he's like, this is what they think mix engineers can do. And he's cleaning his car. Oh, yeah. And then it's, it's like a, cleaning like an old, old 1998 Camry. Camry or something like that. And then, and then the fourth frame, all of a sudden it turns into a Porsche or like a yeah. Ferrari or something. Yep. Yeah. Nah, if you polish an, an old car, it's going to be a very clean, very nice old car. Yeah. You give it a brand new paint job. It's the same car. Just looks nicer. It ain't going to turn into a Ferrari, but it's not going to run any better. But that being said, that being said, I really I thought that meme was funny. I shared it. Uh, Dude, I you shared can follow it too. us on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, oh, Midside Sound for me. M I D S I D E S O U N D. Don't forget the at sign in front and, of it. Yeah. Or if you want to cash at me, you don't know, put a money sign in front of it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and uh us, uh I'm DK Mixes, but that all of our stuff is in the description of the bio, wherever you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, whatever you're doing. Find us. We make we post memes sometimes, and we answer questions. We love getting DMs from everybody and answering questions as much as we can. We hope to never take this sort of, I don't want to say fame, but this kind of attention, this community that we're building. We never want to take it for granted. So uh, for Wait, the rest of our careers, I've personally, I don't know about you, but I personally have kind of committed to trying to answer everyone um, that is actually asking a question. I have a lot of people that DM me just spammy stuff. Don't spam me. Don't promote your music off the bat. Like, let's just be friends. I'm, don't don't be your lazy... I'm not your promoter. Don't hit me in the emails anymore saying, put me on. Put me in the game, coach. Put, put me, me in the game. Bro. Put me in the game, Shout coach. out to Danny, always putting that one on. Yeah. <laughs> that He's putting work. that joke on. Hey, I want, I want someone to DM me if that has worked. And I'm going to watch my DMs go to zero for the next forever because that doesn't work ever. And uh, I don't care who you are or what, if you think it's working, it doesn't work unless you do it at a very, very mass scale. And then it only works kind of, and they don't stick around very long. Also, a, when they put you on, what did they put you on specifically? <laughs> they get you in the game, let you prove yourself and let you fall and eat shit. No, I'm just kidding. And then they but, walked away. No, but let's go back to EQ for a second. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to EQ. So EQ, right? Uh, are you more of a booster or a cutter? I'm a cutter plus saturator, but saturation is another topic for another day. Yeah. But I'm a cutter for EQ. And I'm the same way. I'm a cutter as well. Yeah. Do Do you know a lot of uh, very well, 
highly recognized, respected engineers that are boosters? Only one, but I, even I then, I, I only know one that like always boasts about like, oh, I never cut. And that's cool for him, but I also worked for the guy for a little bit. And uh, listening to the songs he was hired to mix, the producers already knew what they were doing. Yeah. They really knew what they were doing. I know like, a few. I know Andrew Sheps likes to boost. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't want to keep saying like, these these legends in the game are amazing and we thank them for their efforts and their incredible records. Uh, unfortunately, they're not as relevant anymore. Um, but uh, in a lot of in a lot of engineers, they actually I know a lot of people that boost. Um, first off, hold on. I'm going to go on a tangent. Can we talk about I love Chris Lord Algae and I love his tones and his sounds. Why is the dude making plugins? He's not relevant anymore. His tones are not relevant. I, I saw an ad the other day. It's like, you could get my famous reverb and delay. I'm like, who's using these delays and re where, where in the world is this relevant in modern music is so kind of what I thought. No offense, that, no offense. On that, I actually was on that app uh, Clubhouse with somebody and uh, they were talking about how, you know, I've got the credits for everything. I've matched up uh, my record sales and everything with all these other engineers and this and that. And I figured, you know, I'm a younger cat. They want to push a new product. A uh, younger face would probably sell well versus doing all this. And then they turned him away. So he said, okay, cool. They just don't want to work with me. Then Chris Lloyd Algae comes out with the plugin. He's like, Okay, one, when was the last time he was on the radio? <laughs> when was the last time he got like a multi-platinum artist? Like, I just got three of them, and I can't even get a plug-in with Waves. And yet, they're over here releasing something nobody all asked right, for. All right, we're, we're, get, we're getting a little bit negative here. But that being said, um, I think there's a, a lot of things to learn from older music. Um, it's funny to me. Some of the best-sounding records of our time... Uh, of older days, uh, 80s, 90s, is like Earth, Wind, and Fire. They had amazing oh, sounding yeah. records. But if you listen to anything that's modern, they their mixes make Earth, Wind, and Fire recordings sound like shit. Uh, yeah. like, it, really, like Earth, Wind, and Fire has, co uh, compared to modern day, way better songwriting, way better oh, production, yeah. way better arrangement, way more talent in general, but the medium of recording, the medium of sound production is just light years behind what a 14 year old kid can do in their bedroom with a $200 interface, like a $200 recording setup with, and a pair of headphones. It's, it's kind of sad, but also really awesome as far as like the potential of music and what we can come like, I would hate for music to be the same forever. Like yeah. with no progression, right? And and sure, we're progressing in different stuff. And some can argue that, yeah, but we're we're going into this this time where it's just everything is half-assed, and there's a lot less talent now. And and that's debatable, I think. Um, especially if you're older and you say those things, then you definitely shouldn't be saying those things uh, because that's how you make your career irrelevant by saying those things. <laughs> but uh, that being said, we do look to a lot of older songs for tones and a lot of things, and. One cool thing about listening to these older tracks is their limitations in EQ. Uh, in a typical console, they only had four bands, three bands, four bands if they were lucky, three bands, maybe even two bands, like on some consoles, and if they had an EQ. And parametric EQs weren't even invented till like 
uh, like 40, 50 years ago by Massenburg, 30, 40, 30, 40 years ago by Massenburg. Like, so there wasn't a lot of flexibility. And in back in the day, they were able to make things sound really good, really balanced, really natural with very minimal EQ. Mm-hmm. And that was because they emphasized so much on the recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's funny is a lot of people forget, but recording engineers used to wear lab coats. That was actually standard practice. But uh, that and was. And they used to fix the console and know actually how to like solder and run. Yeah, like, like they were electrical were, engineers. Like, I still believe this, but you know, to each their own. A lot of people will quickly throw the word engineer or producer out their mouth and um, they forget, like, yo, a lot of people that have been doing this for decades, they've worked tooth and nail in order to get to where they were. And even then, they couldn't call themselves an engineer until like two, three years after their process of growing up in these studios. Reason being is because you really had to know what you were doing. And if an error ever came up, you really had to know how to fix it. And the big issue that people had was there's limitations in gear. Think about it. Uh, We were on ADAT just 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, we had people like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Uh, those records were either cut on tape or on ADAT. It wasn't Pro Tools uh, in the early days. Later projects and albums, yeah, of course, they were now in like, uh, what was Pro Tools originally called? Uh, Sound something. I forget what it was called, but, oh, I don't you know, we're, we're talking about people who had Poltec, API, SSL, or Neve EQ options as like the standards, and they don't get very narrow. You don't have a lot of room for cutting. Multiband compression was... Uh, somewhat an imagination. There's not very many old was. school vintage. Yeah, I, I don't think there was multi band compression. I think that's yeah, relatively it was, new. Yeah, exactly. It's mid side is relatively new. Yeah, mid side is very new. Um, but that's my point. You know, if you didn't know what you were doing in the recording process, then yeah, you know, nowadays they tell you cut more because we're trying to take away a lot of the anomalies that happened at home. Um, but back then their their main focus was getting the sound as right as possible and if they did shelving or cutting it was to get something out of the way of another source mm-hmm. and because of that if you think about it if you cut with a neve q it's a broad cut mm-hmm. it's not narrow if you do a, a cut with an api it's somewhat narrow but it's not very narrow you do a, a narrow cut with an ssl which is the reason ssl got popular their eq section and their expandability and flexibility uh, SSLs could get very narrow with their EQ. So, and they gave you, uh, I believe it's four bands. Yep. While Neve gave you three, API gave you three, unless you got the 1081, uh, which the was 565. Four. Or the 565. Yeah, which is uh, what, 15 bands? Yeah, or the five, what is it? The five, oh, no, 10 bands. The B versus the A on API. Exactly. Yeah, where you could go three band or four band. But, you know, all this to say that with all the limitations that were back then, of course, newer records are going to sound amazing compared to older records. But, they still sounded amazing. They did. Don't they were overthink so... boosting. Don't overthink cutting. Um, these records were groundbreaking records. Year oh after year, there gosh. was somebody blowing up over this next groundbreaking record, and it wasn't because they didn't have Fab Filter. Yeah, Earth Wind Fire. Oh my gosh, to this day, has... dude, Tower of Power. Tower of Power used those to come mixes to... were oh, amazing. I love. We Tower just had of an Power. episode about this emotional mixing. Dude, Tower of Power is so good. I love how we're talking about funk music right now, like funk soul music. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I love and grew up on. Um, yeah, uh, and it's so funny. You can even go into how in Earth, Wind and Fire, like in September, one of their biggest songs, uh, the yeah. trumpets are like really off, not even close to being on at the end of the song. Like they're tired. Yeah. And that's because they only had a budget for a few takes and it was to tape, so it was yep. more annoying to fix it than to just leave it. And yep. guess what? Have you noticed? No. 
And if you did, did you care? No, absolutely not. So stop trying to be perfect. I I posted this the other day. This is again, we're going on a lot of tangents this episode. I posted this um, on Twitter and on Instagram. I think that what's keeping people from becoming a bigger artist than they are is oftentimes they are better at being at overthinking than they are at being passionately consistent at their craft. Yeah. So don't be better at overthinking. Be better at just don't be blissful. Just don't yeah. care and just enjoy the process and you'll get better and it'll be fun and you'll get bigger. As I mean, the, the funny thing is we could realistically be talking about like, oh, well, this pull tech, this, this API, that. But in the end, guys, we don't know what your song sounds like from this end of the microphone right now. Uh, we could tell you, oh, the pull tech is amazing for this, but your vocal may be very different than ours. Um, you may be after a certain sound that maybe not the next person is looking for. Um, but with that said, honestly, the best experimentation I would suggest is take your record, find out what's wrong with it and try cutting it out and then take that same record and then boost everything you like of it and then compare the two. All right, let's talk about now that we've kind of gotten our our theory and our stuff out of the way, what we want to say. Let's talk about what y'all want to hear, which is some recommendation on plugins and what we like to use boosting and cutting. BX3 digital. Uh, he really likes BX3. I actually used to use BX3 a lot yeah. back in the day. Um, I haven't recently for some reason. Uh, I don't Not because I hated it or found something better. I don't know. Maybe it was the aesthetic of it, or maybe I just forgot. Flexibility of it is not the greatest, but I love. Yeah, I use it on uh, my music master and my vocal master, and I put it on the effects masters. Yeah, I never really tried it on individual instruments. I just did it on uh, on the mix bus. But anyway, uh, all right, let's talk about. uh, Let's start with the low end. All right, um, boosting low ends. What are some famous? And not so famous plugins or techniques that you like to use to boost low end. Um, strictly EQ, right? EQ. Okay. Um, Poltec. Um, I was going to say Poltec as well. Yep. Sixty hundred. Thirty. Thirty for that. Thirty on sub. a Moog or a sixty for electric sub? bass. Ooh yeah. With yeah. pop music, usually the kick drum is set to be. Uh, higher? No, mm-hmm. sorry. The kick drum is higher than the bass. Yep. Where usually in rock music or when there's an actual bass, the kick drum is usually lower than the bass. Yeah. In frequency wise, depending on the on the Not genre always, of rock. Yeah. Like uh, if you listen to in, Foo Fighters, in pop music and hip hop, it's never the kick drum exactly. is never lower than the bass. Unless you're listening to uh, uh, like hip hop, soul, hip hop, R and B, which the kick drum is the bass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. But um, so. Let, so Poltec is amazing, amazing, amazing. I like to do 100 for kick drums to mm-hmm. give that kind of like that 150, 200 kind of push through. Because it actually saturates a little bit with the Poltec. Yeah, Poltec yeah. is amazing. Um, what about, uh, there's a... Voice of God. Voice that's, of you know God. what? That's, that's oh, not fair. Gosh. That's a saturator at the same time. Is it really? Uh, yeah, it's because a, you're actually a, adding harmonic distortion to the line. I thought it was a high-pass filter resonator EQ. Um, it... That's the core of how it works. That's the core of how it works, but it adds saturation to what it's filtered off mm. to. So think about like adding tube grit. You're really adding harmonics below and above. You're not just doing the fundamental and mm. that's it. That's nice. That's nice. All right. What about mid-range? Uh, mid-range. Uh, to be honest, one of my favorite ones is the Millennia NES EQ 2 or NES gonna, Q. I forget what the thing that's, is. That's, a, that's actually a really good one. I do like the mid-range on that one. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. 
the Trident is oh. is pretty famous for pushing mid range oh. for boosting mid range. My, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be the boring guy and say that for me, mid range is all about the fab filter. I like to get precise or broad and be super flexible. I love the dynamic option. Okay, so I will give you that fab filter because of the mid side mode. Mid side, and I really like their dynamic section. Yeah. I really like how you can do a dynamic EQ. So a dynamic EQ, if you haven't heard about it before, is you don't just do a static cut or boost. Um, there's like a threshold, so it works like a compressor, and it and it and you can either set it to dip extra, cut extra when it passes, that frequency passes a certain threshold, or to boost when it passes a third, third certain threshold. So uh, for me, when I, when I like a kick drum, I put the fab filter on about 150-ish, and I don't boost 150 on the kick drum. I just have the fab filter do a dynamic boost. Mm-hmm. So every time the kick hits, it just boosts. It that just pushes area from, it forward for just a little bit. And again, that might not work on everything, but I like to do that. Uh, I really like fab filter, but you anything know, can do that. Neutron also has dynamic EQ. A really good feature, and uh, right now that I remember, um, for many of you that are starting out, uh, fab filter Pro Q3 actually has the the visual side chain. Uh, which allows you to look at other instances of the plugin on different channels within another channel's so plugin. So you can see what frequencies are clashing with exactly. Other, other so if you're still learning like how to go about like boosting and cutting, Dude, it'll pro, actually highlight you. red right where there's like conflicting issues, like uh, maybe build up of the same frequency or maybe two frequencies that are close to each other are starting to clash with each other. Um, and it'll actually let you know. Uh, for instance, a lot of people will sidechain kick and bass. Um, if the majority of the issue lands within, let's say, like 60 to 80 hertz between the kick and the bass, try side-chaining that frequency alone, and that will actually give you a much more natural punch versus a hard side-chain punch. You know what I mean? But that was actually a really cool feature that I found on it. Uh, I didn't use it, I want to say, for like the first six months that I had the plugin because I didn't know it existed. Once I tried it, I was like, actually, this is really useful for finding out when recording against the two-track where to cut some space for the vocals. No, it's true. Absolutely true. Um, and I, I, even as a pro, I, I use that sometimes. Not all the time, but I use it sometimes. And it's actually really quite awesome. Uh, top end, which is my favorite. My specialty, I feel like, is top end, that air band. First off, um, w- let me recommend specifically for vocals where my bread and butter is. Um, let's, let's talk about not boosting from 8 to 10K. And let's boost an air band from 20K and up because there's actual beauty and sound of that. And it gets really bright and really sparkly and sounds like a million bucks without getting harsh. It sounds like the room just opened up around you. Oh, my gosh. And the best uh, the best for top end is, I would say, uh, my favorite is the um, Plugin Alliance, Amec, the Amec plugin, 26 kilohertz. Um, with not a shelf, don't do a shelf, but a 0.4 Q, so the widest Q, and then mm-hmm. just boost. Um, this is a trick from Leslie Brathwaite. He did the same thing, but on the UA version, which is the Precision EQ from Universal Audio, um, and anything that's Massenberg type, like that mastering EQ, Masselec, that kind of top-end EQ is, sounds amazing. Um, as as we know, yep. Mog, Cliff Mog, and the Mog family out in Provo. That's why I had to buy two units of it. Oh, Mog is so good. Mog is kind of going for the same thing, but they have um, 40 and 20 hertz. uh, And in some of their other pieces, uh, the Magnum K even has a 30 kilohertz option, kind of that in between. I actually like to use that one for 
Plugin Alliance has that plugin. Really great top end. Let's talk about Fresh Air real quick. Fresh Air, they advertise it as a way of bringing in brightness without being harsh. And let me tell you right now, have you used That's it? That's not true. It's super harsh. It can be yeah. super harsh. If you're using, very quick. If you're using or boosting more, on a vocal specifically, if you're boosting more than 15% on any of those bands, you're doing way too much. Yeah. In fact, most of the time, I keep it to about five to seven at the most. Yeah, I think the last record I mixed, I have it at like 10. And even then, I had to put a de-esser behind it again. That being said, uh, the, the high air band, the on the right side of the new Fresh Air plugin, which is free from Slate Digital... Uh, don't this that one sucks totally sucks use a mog or an amic instead um but mog the if you're looking for a little more aggression amic yeah. if you're looking for a little more beauty like sweetness there you go yeah. i i really like that and then uh um the the mid air though of the fresh air can be really yeah. good if used subtly i actually um i actually use that on guitars lately uh, for and guitars, on instruments, it helps I'm sure. open up the upper mid-range. And I'm sure that on other instruments, the air band and the mid-air, you can use them extreme. But for Now, vocals, don't throw it on everything. Too vocals, much top end is annoying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you can make the top end clash. I know that everybody's focused on focusing the low end and the mid, the mids, but like you can have things really clashed up in the top end as well. So yeah. don't do that too much. Um, let's see. Anything else about boosting or cutting with EQ before we finish um, up? Don't do too much. Uh, recently, I saw one of our interns, Danny, uh, watching a, a video about just, you know, a sample producer. He, I saw a studio. I was like, wow, that's an amazing studio. And uh, as I was like really just diving in, staring at his studio, I heard him say something in the background of the video. He's like, yeah, you know, it's possible to have too much flavor. I was like, what did he just say? And he's like, oh, he's talking about how, you know, we can throw all these elements together, all these things that everybody tells us is amazing. But sometimes it's pretty easy to just do too much. Sometimes you got to take some of that flavor out. So uh, these plugins that we recommend, we don't say like use it on every track, use it on every vocal. Uh, we don't say boost all the time. Like you got to have some context behind things. So even though we're talking about like boosting versus cutting, cutting can be your best friend. Uh, me and DK have I cut one... 90% of the time. Yeah, I exactly. I barely boost. Me and DK have two different vocal tones. We both end up getting the same vocal tones in the end uh, a lot of times on most mixes, but some mixes call for a darker vocal. Like listen to listen to SZA. She doesn't have a lot going on past 10k ever. No one can ever beat me with my pop super bright vocal. Excuse but, me, have you met Jason being Joshua? Said, that being no, heck yeah, nobody can beat me on my. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> but I will say, I, I will say though, I don't. I definitely can't beat you when it comes to like that really flavorful, dark, soulful vocal that you do. I love dark, sexy vocals. I can, like mm. that one. That one, I just, I just don't have D'Angelo. much experience with it because I'm a pop guy. I grew up listening to the radio in Chicago. That's kind of what it I was. grew up on R and B and soul and there metal. There you go. Um, there's no right answer Funny to combo. this. Use your heart. Use your ears. Mix emotionally. Um, and don't, yeah, I, I want to, like, yeah, EQ does mess with phase unless it's a linear phase EQ, which in turn actually oh, yeah. can mess with it a little bit. So when you do too much, it will screw it your drum tracks will up. will make it sound It will screw your acoustic guitars that you mic'd up with two mics. Like, oh, I want to change the EQ on the, on the bright mic. Don't it's like, dude, much. it can mess it up. So on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Also, before we go, we wanted to... Shout out our sponsor, FilePass, who's actually been helping us get this podcast uh, a little more out there and, you know, to our fans and everything. But one thing that we don't always talk about, which is kind of hard to plug with this one, I know we're talking about EQ and all, but 
you know, you're going to get revisions. People are going to ask you like, hey, can you bring up the top end? Can you bring down this and that? If you wanted to stay organized, one of the cool features that FilePass has been doing for us, uh, not for us, but just us as people in this industry is that you can actually put notes on FilePass. Yeah, you can put yeah. notes. You can put timestamp notes and you can have your clients and as well as yourself leave notes for you and your mix so you can improve your mix and leave revisions and it really and when when they leave comments it emails you in a summary and you can pull up the session on, on your end of file pass it sees it shows you all the revision requests and the comments as a to-do list with check with the check boxes and when you check it off it can hide it and you can show them again or whatever and it saves all the history um, it's really, really awesome. We recommend it. Filepass.com. Um, we have a specific link if you want to help us with our metrics. So make sure that we continue to get paid and have them continue to be sponsored. Use the link in my Instagram bio, this, the podcast Instagram bio, um, as well as uh, we do have, oh yeah, we have, we made a new Instagram account at oh, yeah. Mixing Music Podcast, at Mixing Music Podcast. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. We just did it as a whim. We're not really trying to get followers or anything, but if you're a fan, and you uh, maybe we'll start posting more often in the future. But right now it's not really a priority. We're just kind of doing it for fun. Um, but yeah, uh, or we have the file pass link in the description for in YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube or uh, on Spotify, Apple, in the description of the podcast, if you're listening there or anywhere. So again, thank you so much for listening. It's, ha it's happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. <laughs>